trigger warning for this episode, there is brief discussion of suicide, depression, and anxiety in the interview. Hi there, y'all, and welcome to Completely Fucking Clueless. My name is Audrey Jean Flowers. And I am Sarah Alice Liddy, and we both go by she, her pronouns. Period per. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. (laughs) I know we say this every week, but I think we're extra loopy this week. I am so loopy today. I was genuinely concerned because my eyes just felt so, and they still do feel so weird. I'm like, is there extra pollen in the air? I don't know, but I'm feeling very loopy and tired retweet and i've already had so much caffeine like i don't understand i'm just having caffeine but i did do that thing where like i was really hungry so then i ate too much for breakfast and now it's just made me feel sleepy Mm. i also have forgotten to take my my meds ran out and i forgot to refill them and i'm certain that's part of the reason i'm not feeling the cutest today Mm. it's my own fault i'm aware it's a thing i could fix i plan on getting them today it's been busy you know what? We all have those times. Like I have what's it called? I have a bunch of things that I need to return. I probably won't get my money back. I, I have a makeup thing that I need to return. And I'm a couple days past. And I'm like, maybe I have like the printout slip of it already. I'm like, what if I just showed up, dropped it off? And what would happen? I know. So we're going to find out. I hate returning shit. I know. I'm always like, just order like, if, like it's a store that like there's not one near you or whatever. Like I'm like, oh, just order a couple different sizes and then you can return the ones that don't fit. But what I always manage to forget is I'm terrible at returning things. I'm and they so make it bad. so easy nowadays. You don't even have to package it yourself half the time. Yeah. And I still don't fucking do it. Ugh. Life. You know what? It's fine. We're doing our best. But we did do our best this weekend at Pride, y'all. Eh. I have been so excited to recap first Pride weekend ever. Should we just like get into it? Yeah, let's just fucking dive in, dude. Okay, let's dive in. So um, I had a Saturday experience. Audrey did not because Audrey had to work, unfortunately. Homophobic. Homophobic. Very homophobic. Um, But on Saturday, I went with my friends Steph and Erin, and we went to this brunch, drag brunch, um, at this one place called Stella 34, like Trick. Trattoria. It's like some Italian word I cannot pronounce. I was so sad I didn't get to go. It looked so fun. And instead, I was at the Lululemon. You were. And it was less fun. I was also there when the <laughs> Roe v. Wade decision came out. Something we're probably not going to super get into today because yes. we don't have time because we have an interview today. But that was a fun two days. Oh, not Lulu. I know. The drag bunch was really fun. My only complaint about it was that they stopped serving alcohol like 45 minutes before the show ended. And Steph like brought it to me that like Macy's may not want people to like walk out sloppily because it's in like the big Macy's on like 34th I think it is Mm -hmm. um but I was like I don't care like you could tell everybody just like wanted another drink luckily we had an amazing waiter and he snuck us an extra mimosa (laughs) Um, I thought you were about to say that you pulled out one of your nips and I was like "Mm, fireball at brunch I should have honestly I should have packed one that day I did not pack one that day but I'm sort of happy I didn't get too too I was gonna I was gonna say twisted and wasted and then again twisted oh I thought you were trying to say turnt Oh, no, but sure, turn. I, I'm happy I didn't get that turn because we had a full whole day after brunch, but it was such a fun brunch. I highly recommend it's like a drag brunch that they do at this restaurant. I think they do it like all weekends out of the year. It was Lady Gaga themed, which was so much fun. Um, and it was so cute. There was this um, 
a gay couple and they had a daughter with them. And it was just so sweet, like watching her dad's like also make pride about her and like Mm. making their daughter feel special for having like two fathers. Um, And everyone, she was just the cutest little thing. And she was handing the drag queens like dollar bills it was so cute i've never been to a drag brunch (gasps) we gotta do one i want to try more places i did like this place but like the food was eh. like if there Mm. was a place that had better food like i'd like to go there i'm sure there's gotta be yeah (laughs) we'll find one we'll find one we'll find all of them yeah and then after brunch um we went to the lesbian gay bars in the city i had never been before um but i was like i after going to a drag brunch on pride weekend i was like i don't want to go to a straight bar Mm-mm. like why would i want to do that so we went to cubby hole um which was adorable but my gosh was it a hole it was tiny <laughs> It was so tiny. We waited online for like 30 minutes. Um, and I was shook. I was like, wow, this is a like, um, and then we got inside. Yeah. And it was tiny and it was cute, but like not a lot of people were dancing mm. and I, you're was, a big dancer. I am a big dancer or just like have a dance floor. Um, but we did Steph. I, I, and this is the thing that I love about our friend Steph. Steph brings out a different side of me. Like, I just get really, like, anxious or socially awkward sometimes. Like, when you get to know me, I'm very, like, loud and extroverted with you. But, like, when I'm first meeting people, like, it takes me a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Steph was like, we need to make friends. Because we were kind of just, like, standing there, like, lollygagging. And she was like, we need to make friends. And so, she, like, found these two random girls, Michelle and Vic. Don't know if they'll be listening, but shout out if you are. (laughs) Um, and it was like so great. I was like, wow, we're making friends. I love that. Yeah, it was really sweet. And then we all went to get, we got a slice of pizza to rejuvenate because my God, on the walk from Cubby Hole to the, to the pizzeria, I was like, I think I might need to go home. Like I was a little woo woo, but then I got two slices of pizza in me and I was ready to keep going. I love that. Yeah. The pizza was a good move. I didn't do really a pride celebration on Saturday, but I had work most of the day, which was less fun. Um, But then my best friend who's been mentioned many times on the podcast, Julia, um, she was visiting for a variety of reasons, but partially kind of for pride. Um, So we went out to dinner or I went out to drinks with her, my other friend, Zan, who lives super close. And then one of our old friends, Lucy, who crazy. She's engaged. Oh, my gosh. And absolutely insane wow we were talking about like theoretically doing a trip two or three years from now because one of our friends is about to be like gone for a year and our friend lucy was like oh yeah like three years might not work for me and we we're all like what? why and oh my she, god don't tell me she said baby she was thinking about, she's like well in three years i might be trying to have a kid and i was like ah! oh. but so that was really fun then we got dinner with a bunch of my friend Julia's college friends who had like met over the years yeah. but hadn't seen necessarily all recently. But we went to this great vegan Chinese right, place. Right, you guys were saying that. Yeah, it's called Spicy Moon. Loved it. Great Spicy vibes. Um, very cheap, fun drinks. Such good food. I literally could have eaten all of it. And we were supposed to like go out that night. <laughs> like There was like this plan of like we were going to go to another bar then meet up with this other group. And I'd been working all day. I think my friend Zan had been getting headshots done all day. We, like, barely made it through dinner. We were initially going to go to, like, the bar afterwards they were going to go to. Yeah. And then we, we were realized like, we were bye. not going to make that. 
Um, so instead, we came back to my apartment. Julie and Zan got us uh, ice cream because there's a milk bar store close to me. Um, and we watched... I'd never seen Miss Congeniality, so we watched oh. Miss Congeniality. I... I think you heard about this on Sunday. I pulled a big old classic Audrey oh, Irish goodbye. I mean, within classic, my own apartment, but uh, they thought I was going to the bathroom and I, I had gotten a bit stoned and I was really focused on this movie, but I was really tired. So the moment the movie was done, I just stood up wordlessly, went to bed. <laughs> you just, yeah. I, I, whenever like people go out with like you, like my friends from home that like you're just starting to get to know, I'm like, yeah, Audrey may just like leave, but like it's totally fine. She does this all the time. When I hit a wall, I hit a wall. It's your boundaries, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I respect you respecting your boundaries. <laughs> I know. Um, it was funny. Like after we did the pizza, we went to Henrietta Hudson's where we actually went on Pride Day, which, which we'll get we- into. Gotta go back for like a normal weekend. Yes. Well, okay. So I went the night before and I mean, sure, it did get a little, but no, honestly, it was nowhere near as packed on Pride. I know, but it has to imagine it'll be even more low-key on like a not Pride weekend. Yeah. I think what I really, like the night before, not that I didn't enjoy it on Pride, I did, but I enjoyed it even more the night before Pride. Um, And, and again, like going the day before Pride, going to Cubby Hole and Henrietta Hudson's was the first time I was going to any female um gay bar. And being at Henrietta's like and I think because it was more of like a dance vibe and so people were making out and like people were like flirting and da da da. Like I was really, it really sunk into me. I was like, wow, I am, I'm with my people. Yeah. I, I am in a place where I can fully be me and like, you know, people asking about my partner and not having to exp- like not having to like give a whole explanation or somebody asked me like, oh, you're not sh-. like, it's just like it was expected and it was so nice and it was so nice like making all these friends and I was like, wow, I'm such like a social butterfly. <laughs> I, I made so many besties at Henrietta's on Pride. You had were. such a fun time. It was fun. I was like, wow, like I because I and everybody knows. I love Red Lion a lot. But when I'm at Red Lion, it's mostly filled with finance bros. And like, no offense to these finance bros. Like, I'm not really sure if I want to be your friend. <laughs> um, like, you know, like, it's just such a different environment. And yeah. so to be in that environment, like, I was like, oh, my God, it was it was so great. And I ended up staying out way later than I wanted to. I'm not that I got I, I literally got home at 10. But like, I was drunk enough where I ordered McDonald's. I fell asleep sitting up in my bed with my lights on and I woke up at 2 a.m. and I I was like, what is happening? Mood. Absolute mood. Yeah. So now I'll say this. I honestly think going out like the day before, like parade NYC Mm -hmm. day was like, I will do that next year and all the years to follow. We got to do it next Next year. And we got to do it this. Yes. And we got to do that way where it's like we do a brunch. And like, I just love day drinking. Day drinking is superior to me because you get home like, uh, like I got home at I left the city I think around nine nine fifteen got home at like ten had my McDonald's passed out you know I spoke to my mom on Monday and she was like how do you feel and I was like I feel great because we drank mostly during the day yeah. and then I went home and then I slept a bunch yeah and so I feel wonderful Lori yeah. actual pride like parade day ooh, do I have a bargain to pick with it? <laughs> 
everybody that day. You have a bargain? Do you mean a bone to pick? A bone, not a bone. <laughs> Bargain's very oh different. Oh my god, we are not good at saying. We're on really the bad at saying. Oh, god, this happens. But I do. I have a lot of bones to pick. Let me tell you. Pride day. I mean, I did wake up at six a.m. that day. Why? Because I don't live in the city, so like I had to get myself like fully ready which i like and and, you know me i like to take a long time to get ready and so um and then i had to make my way to olivia's do you want to know when i woke up when 10 julia woke me up wow at 10 that is that's a that's (laughs) you guys came at like 11 30 i was no percent ready that is a beautiful thing luckily we we needed to drink so yeah it was nice like we got here we like pre-gamed a little bit we took a shot of super gay vodka Which was really good. Yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah, I like mixed it with a little bit of like lemonade in the shot glass. And I thought it was, I was like, whoa. I, my niece and my nephew and my sister and my mom have been visiting. Um, And so I showed my mom the super gay vodka. And so then by default, my niece and my nephew also saw it. And they they (laughs) tried to explain um, both what being gay is, the LGBTQ community. And then later in the evening, because my niece and my nephew kept seeing signs up for pride, what pride was. Yeah. Didn't really work. You know what? I tried. I think any exposure to it is good. I agree. I agree. But just they've like my sister has dated multiple girls who they've met. I don't get how they still don't get it. (laughs) One day they will. I think like you just have to continue exposing like the kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, my nephew did was like, why do you keep using big words? And I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) there's. There's not really the smaller words I can use involve things that are inappropriate for children. So exactly. But yeah, I would highly recommend. I mean, I think Julia got the super gay vodka, though, from like a very niche place. Yes. But I had a friend reply to my story being like, oh, my God, I got the same one. Oh, like I think it's like a smaller company, but you definitely can get it places outside of mass. Yeah, because I I did have a friend go and message me saying that. Oh, where's my phone? Oh grabs it with her toe yeah I, i'm slouching a lot and i'm quite comfortable <laughs> um so one of my friends she replied to my story of the super gay vodka asking where it's from and she said i tried googling both gay and bisexual tequila to see if they made a tequila one and tragically all that came out <laughs> came up was reddit threads about tequila tequila and i said i would love gay tequila she said hear me out you and sarah make completely fucking clueless gay tequila Purr. and i said okay sarah hates tequila but yes uh, <laughs> and she said she hasn't had the right tequila and the right mixers with it then so someday we're making completely fucking clueless okay. tequila the reason why i don't like tequila is just because i drank it so much in college but who knows like i bet th- yeah, give th- it another three years right i bet there will be because I used- <laughs> yeah we're gonna be making our own tequila in three years <laughs> you never know also i hated vodka for a long time but now it's my one of choice um but yeah the the pregame was a good situation and then here's where the day <laughs> here's where sarah starts to lose her fucking mind as i would like to say so obviously there was a parade in the city so there was a lot of street closures but i getting th- anywhere was difficult oh my god i mean i've been in the city for like saint patrick's day parade and stuff like that but like it was impossible to get anywhere. We- it took us like 20 minutes to cross one street. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. This is what I told Olivia in my recap of the day with Olivia. They Wasn't were t- Olivia there for the whole day? Yes, but I was so <laughs> like crazed when I got back from like literally I ended the day with like laying on Olivia's like like foyer floor, like just going through how fucking crazy the day was. But after we go like pregame, we leave. We get in an Uber. The Uber moves like 
two feet in like 10 minutes. I have to say, I was like, this Uber is not going to work. Nope. <laughs> it's not going to be able to get anywhere. Every nope. street is closed. Nope. And so because every time I've been for the St. Patrick's Day parade, like I've actually been able to like, m- like move places. But no, this was like a whole fucking ordeal. Then we get out of the Uber and the like the walking directions on the map takes us right near Stonewall. The busiest place to be. I'd say like those maps are usually pretty good at closures and whatnot. And I don't Uh, know why they just knew nothing about the giant parade happening. But yeah, no, literally we were like clawing through to get by. I mean, it was like just like what you would expect. It was super fucking crowded. We kept losing each other. And it was hot out. It was like, it was nice that it wasn't like so muggy and humid, but like it was still very hot out and like like we're all sweating and then we have to cross the street in order to go where we're going like we need to go like go on further down on the west side which in again retrospect we should have gone up west near where audrey lives and then cross over but again we didn't know the street closures i had no idea where we were going so yeah and so well because we had planned we were like let's watch the parade and then i think when we saw how fucking crowded it was we were like fuck no air conditioning there's nowhere to be that was in the shade no there had been some shade absolutely there was no shade zero and we were just already drinking so we were already dehydrated and already had to pee we were like wrong so we were like let's just go straight to henrietta's was where we were gonna go (laughs) um and so in order to cross the street you had to wait in this like corral of people. And this is what I told Olivia, the police, the NYPD were trying to kill the gays. <laughs> they said, let's put them in the sun for 20 minutes. And while let them, they're all already drunk and let them just melt to death like uh, that. And I forgot of all fucking days, as we've discussed, I'm a sweaty fucking girl. I forgot to put on makeup primer because I'm a fucking idiot. I forgot to wear sunscreen. And then, like, now I have this weird-ass tan. Yeah, do you remember me putting my, like, I have uh, Super Glow? Is, what's the name of them? The yellow brand of sunscreen stuff? Super Goo. Super Goo. I have their, like, powder stuff. And I literally, like, while we were there, just kept trying to put it everywhere on my body. I was like, I know I'm getting burnt, but I'm trying to minimize the damage. I know. It was, like, bad. I was, like, I was like this is ridiculous. I was like, you're having people just, like, stand here. We're, all we needed to do was cross the street. I'm like eventually we get across the street (laughs) thank god and honestly it ended up working out a little bit because we ended up getting to henrietta's like right after it opened and so basically they had this deal where you paid the 20 dollar cover and they gave you a wristband but you were able to go in and out of the bar all day long without having to wait on the line and let me and that line got crazy and you weren't even like there toward the night like oh yeah that thing was wrapped all the way around like it was wild how and so i was like we made the right move there oh here comes like the biggest hardest this is where i thought i was gonna break so after you know our walking fiasco and just like being in the heat and just like now we're there and i'm like yeah like i'm ready to rage oh getting a drink holy mother fucking shit it took and okay, so I got there and we went to the bathroom. Yes. And Olivia was standing in line for. And so was Julia. Right. Probably like 15 minutes before I even got there. Oh, yeah. So it took probably around an hour to get a drink. 
an hour. And the the issue was, was one, there was only two bartenders working. And like it was a pretty small bar. It was. It was a pretty small bar. Um, they do have a ba- bar in the back, which tore, like we learned that after that experience, we learned that a bar in the back is the place to go. They were whipping it. It never, I had never had a problem with a drink at any point that day except for that first like rounded drinks Mm. but basically I was standing like in the front and this woman I'm not sure if it was her first day I'm not sure if she's just not a good bartender (laughs) but for and there was another bartender on the other side of the bar working that side where you were where you got your drink because we Julia and Olivia got in line at the same time and I we got our drinks about yeah. 10 minutes oh no all, I at think least. at least 20 minutes before yeah. and so the other girl was probably make like serving five people to every one person this woman served like it was ridiculous and then I kept making eye, con- eye contact with her she kept seeing that I was there but like people random people would just come up and she would serve them and so there was a point where I was literally about to cry like I was just like I just want to have fine like I just want a drink and so eventually Olivia and I split up on the bar because it's taking so much time finally I see Olivia get served and I literally had made friends with the girls around me and we were like this is fucking ridiculous and they were like if you're still standing here like we've been standing behind you for the 40 minutes like when are we ever gonna get a drink and then they see that my like my partner had finally gotten the drinks and they were like yes girl go have fun literally I order two drinks a shot and i just like like suck them down in two seconds because i was like (laughs) at that point i was like i could die (laughs) like i was like so upset (laughs) it was so ridiculous (laughs) i know while we were waiting for y'all we didn't know what to do so we like god i I forget why Julie and I ended up split up at some point, but we did. And so I ended up making a bunch of friends, met this girl who also does SFX makeup. Oh, perfect. We followed each other on Instagram, had some fun conversations, yeah. ended up like the window area had yes. like, like raised platforms. Yes. So I initially went over there because I just wanted to sit because I always want to fucking sit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so then I don't know how, but this other dude and I ended up deciding to get up there and dance. And then more people kept joining us. Uh. And A, we were right up against the window. So all these people in line. But it was just such a fun time. It, it was, was all of us dancing up there. Such a party. Yes. Like, I'm not usually a big going out girl, but I, I had my fun. I there loved were- it. I loved watching you up there. I watched you and then I came up for a little bit. Yes. It was so much fun. Yeah, because I think you were having your moment. You were just I dancing was. and vibing. There was a girl that was so cute, but she was already dating another girl. And I was so sad. I literally texted Julia and I had her like, was like, can you find out for me if she's a single be gay? Um, unfortunately, she was gay. Well, not, not unfortunately. Fortunately. Fortunately, she was gay. Unfortunately, she was yeah. dating someone. Um, but it was just very fun. And it was very just, it was very just gay. Yeah, and it was. It was so nice. And, and also the thing that I do like about Henrietta's was like that first room that we were in is really the dancing area. Yes. And then they have a whole back area where people are talking or hooking up or like getting, there's a whole bar back there. Um, so I that's know. what I liked about it. I didn't make it into the like back back section. See when Olivia, because, okay, so then we were dancing probably for like an hour and a half, two hours. And then we were like, all right, we're hungry. Like we need to go get food. We got food. Audrey and Julia left us. And then the moment I sat down, I was like, mm, I'm going home. Yeah. You know what? It happens. I was just <laughs> that like, happens to me every time though. <laughs> yeah. I think I, 
if it didn't, if it hadn't taken 40 minutes to get a drink, I may have been back there, but I was sort of like, I want to keep going out. If I had someone that I was like flirting with or maybe was going to make out with, yeah, probably would have stayed out, but it's okay. I, when I'm that level of drink, I either want to go home or I want to like kiss someone a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so Olivia and I went back after and we danced, we, we danced a bunch, but like I was also like kind of like getting drunker. And so we like spent time like talking or like we sat at like they had like a little bench back there. We sat for a bit, which was nice. Um, and then uh, Olivia was like having some stuff with like health. And so we were like, let's go home. I was like, it's time wrapping it up. Like, you know, it's time to go. Um and then, okay, and so then I'm like, okay, so we're on the west side, so let's walk toward the west side highway, which is how we get back to where I live. So I'm walking us toward the west side highway. I feel bad because Olivia's in pain, and all the streets are fucking blocked off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? No one is over there. And then I'm like trying to get the police officer to like let us just get through so we can get home. He's like, you need to go all the way to the east side. Like, I, I think that's the best way to go home. So I walk us toward the east sides. We get into an Uber and then the Uber goes all the way back onto the west side. And I was like, this is why I do not like the NYPD. <laughs> I was like, thank you, NYPD. Julia and I, after we got food, we were going to walk home. And then it was just so fucking crowded. Yeah. That, like literally like walking like one block took us like 30 minutes. And so we came across a one stop station and we went, fuck it. Yeah. I don't know why there. Were, I, I don't I don't I I really actually don't understand why I don't even have a theoretical reason there was a bunch of NYPD officers down there that were just like holding like the door like the emergency door open it probably was so crowded that they wasn't that like it was crowded but like maybe the trains weren't that close together or anything like we could have gone through the regular turnstiles I think but I was like okay fine maybe they're trying to give back to the LGBT community um so then we we got on our little train yeah we got home and chilled and I like just almost immediately fell asleep (laughs) I know once then Olivia and I got in this uber and I'm like great we're on the way home oh god oh no oh god so out of nowhere the uber starts like swerving a lot like jolting and swerving and I'm like what is going on I was like there's and then I start like looking around me I'm like it's not like there's any traffic or like the swerving was very like just like unreasonable swerving. So I start looking in like the mirror and I see his eyes and he's like fucking falling asleep. I know. And so I ask him, I'm like, sir, is everything okay? Like we're swerving a lot. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. The swerving keeps happening. And I'm like, pull over. I was like, we pull, I made him get off the exit at some like random exit in the Bronx. And I was like, get over. He was literally falling asleep at the wheel. It was so scary, but luckily Uber refunded me. And then we were like in the middle of the Bronx and there's this like guy that was just like staring at us. I was like, this is where it ends for me, people. Um, but luckily we got into a lift and we got home and then I laid on the ground good yeah and then like also before the uber drive which like made the uber drive even like more like on edge for me was my friend andrew who was also in the in the city celebrating pride and i guess there were some fireworks that went off in washington square park that people thought were gunshots because yeah if where, I heard fireworks i would also probably think right. they were gunshots. and so he had called me and he was like are you okay like i know you're in the area and so then yeah. i was freaking out about that because that's a huge fear yeah. of mine i saw videos of that and it was scary yeah and so oh my god it was just like 
but and then the uber driver and then like being and I also dropped just off feel like everyone's tensions were on edge after like the roe v wade thing right. like right roe v wade thing very serious big ruling etc um yeah i was like you couldn't have waited like a couple more days you couldn't have let us have just one more weekend of having basic human rights yeah yeah it was just a lot and so then by the time i got it's just like no. holy motherfucking shit i literally took a nap woke up very briefly and then fell back asleep almost immediately um julia came home and literally my lights were full on yeah um which they don't have a light switch to them like i do them via my phone on your phone yeah and so she told me she was like yeah i kept shouting into the siri on your phone like turn off lights (laughs) um didn't work so she just had to walk over and manually turn them off um my phone was just blaring something on full volume um there's also i think i was like just full in like clothes everything just like sprawled on the bed yeah um and she like half attempted to wake me up and then she was like well she's not waking up for me screaming like siri turn off lights yeah, she doesn't she's seem like gone. she's going to yeah um so pride day was a little bit chaotic but overall i think the weekend was truly great yes i had a blast i definitely do want to go to not this weekend because we're not going to be here this weekend but um, henrietta's again i want to go back to henrietta's i also want to go to cubbyhole at some point just yeah ben. i think after going like i do love red lion and i will always go because i have straight friends that like going but i think I am definitely going to be making, I understand why my therapist has been pushing me for so long to go because when you're in a place where you don't feel like the odd man out, you do, you have more fun. Your guard is down. Like you meet like-minded people. And so I think that's what this weekend taught me was like, this was a good, a good thing for me. Yeah. I agree. Like pride, like, a, I think it like was an easier sort of way to sort of rip off the bandaid. A, because like, right, it, like there was so much happening and there's just so many people. But B, I also feel like it kind of doesn't count because it was so just like a exception sort of to the regular rule, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, like I'm looking forward. Like I feel like I'm both now ready and like like that. It, it's time to like try going for real. I don't know if that sentence made. It yeah, all no, sense. I a hundred. I understand what you're saying. You're like, yes, pri- I think pride makes it easier because there is, you know, there's going to be an abundance of people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be an easy way to talk to people because they're happy pride. Like yes. da 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 da. But I, yeah, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to go on a time that's not pride and yeah. just like meet people because even like all the people I met that weekend, I was just like, wow, like I've never, and I get it. I know it's pride, but like I'd never gone to like I, I I just have not met that many people like going out before and you know and again I uh, I said this like 300 times two seconds ago but I just think having that thing in common with somebody yeah. was a huge was a huge thing for me and like as much as there's still the issue of like it's still really hard to tell when a girl is flirting with you I at least didn't have like you're not and I know this is, as much yeah I know I didn't at least have this fear going in my head of like oh what if she realizes or thinks that I am flirting with her and then like she gets freaked out or scared by that or is uncomfortable or whatever. Like, yeah, like you're in a lesbian bar. Yeah. You, like this is like, you might not be flirting with me, but like, at least like, I know you're not going to get mad at me if I flirt with you. Right. Right. Not that like most straight people I know would get mad, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited to go back, um, and, and live our best gay lives there. Yeah, but that's our pride recap. It's been so great to interview queer creators this month and just get to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, 
We have an amazing interview for you guys today. We did the interview before this intro and it was just so incredible to talk to Whitney Eckes. She is such a She's so smart. She's so smart. She's so easy to talk to. And she's so open, which I love. I love when people are willing to share their stories because I really do think that is where an audience or somebody listening to it can feel less alone in that. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Whitney Atkiss. Whitney is a serial entrepreneur and has her own marketing agency called Atkiss Marketing. And she also owns the business Get Super. Get Super is an instant coffee infused with hemp for those seeking energy without the jitters. Whitney founded her marketing agency at the very ripe age of 22 and has worked to elevate brands like Hilton, Marriott, Red Bull, SoulCycle, and Kendra Scott. She comes from a long line of entrepreneurs. But in this interview, we do totally get into business. But honestly, we really just hear more about Whitney's journey as like a human. She talks a lot about being in her 20s. She talks a lot about her struggles with mental health. She talks about why creating this coffee with CBD in it was so important to her and Honestly, I just feel like this is such a great episode if you are feeling lost or just like wanting to hear about human experience and learning from human experience. So here is our interview with Whitney Etkus. Okay. All right, y'all. We are so excited to be speaking with Whitney Eckes today. Hey, Whitney. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, we're so excited to chat with you today. We have been trying your coffee, Get Super, and it is absolutely delicious. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm so excited. Did you guys have some this morning? I'm on my uh, second cup as we speak. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? My grandmother is in town, and she was so intrigued by it. I was, you know, telling her about the podcast and who we're interviewing today, and she was like, CBD and coffee, that's so interesting. Like, I need to try some. And so now I have my grandmother drinking it. Hell yeah. My grandpa drinks <laughs> it every single day it helps with his he has like chronic digestion issues he's had prostate cancer he's had a bunch of medical issues and it literally helps him with just like any like food um acidity or any like uncomfortability because he's on all these pain meds so it it really helps him i really need to try and get my grandmother onto it she (laughs) she's she really struggles with separating the idea that thc and cbd are different things um but she also is now in her fifth year of having stage four lung cancer. Oh, um, so, sorry. so, you know, she got diagnosed my senior year of high school and she's still alive and I graduated over a year ago. So we're, okay. we're very lucky. Yeah. Um, but she, she, she could use some CBD or THC or really anything. It, it helps and it has a pretty decent, I mean, again, we've had it taste tested and obviously I'm biased, but I feel like the taste of it, like the, just the instant coffee alone, like sometimes I drink it black and I'm not one to drink coffee black ever. Um, so it's yeah. a really well balanced taste palette and it doesn't taste like CBD or THC. Like, I don't know if you guys have tried like the CBD tinctures on your tongue. It has yeah. none of the... There's a bit of earthiness, but it has none of that kind of, I guess, like weed taste. Like it doesn't yeah, taste right. like weed. So, and that was one of the things that was super important for us is because obviously we all, we already have to jump over the obstacle of THC versus CBD education, but also yeah. like we wanted to make sure like 
people weren't going to be able to really have that earthy, groundy kind of weed taste because we didn't want, we really wanted to market to people that, you know, wanted to try CBD for the first time and that, you know, really wanted a brand that didn't feel like it was so heavy in the cannabis space. Like we really wanted to become more of this lifestyle CBG brand and market to people, you know, in this way versus kind of marketing as like a traditional CBD company. Right. I think that's so interesting because I I agree with you in that a lot of these CBD brands can very be closely like aligned with like THC and weed and all of that stuff. But I do agree that your brand, when you view it, when you see it, your website and the Instagram, that is not the vibe I'm getting. Um, when people do come to you and are like, so how is this different from THC? What is What do you say to them? Yeah. So I mean, basically... We have, so we use a broad spectrum hemp extract, which basically means that we have a very potent like, a variation of CBD. So it has about 0.03% of THC in it, which gives that, that benefit to basically feeling, you know, the benefits that we talk about with CBD, right? Like it's an anti-inflammatory. Right. It helps with pain management. Um, for example, when we mix it with our coffee, it slows the release of the caffeine, which allows us to you know, not feel as much of the side effects from caffeine as we normally drink. So does it have THC in it? Yes. Is it negligible? Yes. Which basically means that it's non-psychoactive. Got it. So the more that you add the THC or the more THC that you have, the more psychoactivity you have inside of your brain, which creates that feeling of being high, right? Yeah. So with the CBD, basically what they've created is is basically a variation where it kind of pulls out that psychoactivity but still kind of gives you these benefits and that's why people are more drawn to cbd is because it doesn't make you feel high but you still get these benefits of feeling better or you know helping with pain or helping with um you know for example for anxiety is like huge for me and so that was one yeah. of the things too that it really helps me with yeah. Can you talk to us about your journey with your anxiety and how that led you with Get Super? Yeah. So Get Super was obviously a product that I decided to acquire in 2020 and then launch in 2021. Mm-hmm. In 2020, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. After really looking at my family history, um, I recognized that there was a lot of mental health that was either I undiagnosed or there was a lack of education for family members, like or from all of our family members. Um, and so there was like, you know, there was history of trigger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say trigger warning here just to make sure like everyone's yeah. going to let everyone know. But there was a there was a long line of suicide in our family and yeah. depression and addiction and a lot of these things that were just kind of like undiagnosed or or our family members didn't have this education that we have now that's starting to become mainstream about what mental health is and that it's okay you know to walk through anxiety and walk through depression and things like that right when i was diagnosed i um basically was given the option to go on antidepressants did not want to go on them because of my family history and because of someone close to me having gone through addiction with antidepressants and um so i was like okay you know, I had this, I had this awesome business mindset coach and then I had this awesome therapist. And I'm like, all right, like, what do we do? Like, let's walk through this holistically. And they're like, okay, like, let's basically analyze every part of your day and routine and see what's triggering you and work through this. Mm. And so, you know, immediately again, we're in 2020. I was like, okay, alcohol, like everyone's drinking. We really have no time of day anymore. Like this is like, I'm stuck in my house. Like all these things had to change. 
And then also, too, I started realizing I was drinking, you know, two to three cups of coffee every single day. And it was giving me these bodily triggers and reactions that were starting to, that basically would trigger an anxiety or panic attack. Yeah. So didn't want to give up caffeine naturally. And so I started dropping CBD oil into my coffee. Meanwhile, I'm also trying to do sales for the agency because we had lost 75% of our business in 2020. Uh So I'm like going around all these different CBG brands and all these direct-to-consumer brands, hitting everybody up. And um, I found this product. It's super. So I started using it because the original product basically had a similar formulation to what we have now. And um, Mm. it was a water-soluble hemp extract that they mix into the instant coffee to slow the release of caffeine to help with jitters help with you know caffeine basically anything onset caffeine that bothers you yeah and I didn't want to give up my cup of coffee so that's why I was trying to mix the CBD oil with it well during that whole process the nice thing about our product is that the water soluble hemp extract is mixed into the instant coffee it's like a formulation right okay and it actually has a higher bioavailability so if I drop you know CBD oil into a hot cup of coffee oil breaks down with heat and so I'm getting about I'm getting a lot less of the potency versus uh, actual water soluble powder that's activated by heat and your body is actually able to absorb it better so this was like my dream product I'm like holy shit like I like I don't you know like especially too when you're walking through something as as dark as being told that you have anxiety and you have depression and you know you should really think about medication like you you're giving up so much and you're changing so much of your life that like right. that one thing was like I know it sounds so small but like that one thing was like no I want my cup of coffee in the morning yeah so I reached out to the guy and I'm like hey I want to do your marketing and he's like yeah he's like I'm not really doing much with it he's like but I'll sell it to you and I was like cool and like let's do it <laughs> cool <laughs> and it was like such a wild action I remember I like sat down with my girlfriend and I was like hey, I just bought like a product-based company and she's like, oh, holy shit. She's And she's from the <laughs> CPG community. And I was like, do you think I'm in over my head? And she's like, yeah. She's like, but if anyone can do it, she's like, I think it's you. And she's like, and like, there's no turning back now. So like, let's run with it. Yeah. And that's basically the story of Get Super. I spent all the rest of wow. 2020 and basically up until October of 2021 reformulating, rebranding. I let my entire marketing team run with the strategy and create the brand um, and then launched. And we've been really just trying to figure out, you know, our really strong vertical while building our audience. And it's been really interesting. The CBD industry is really difficult. There's a lot of compliance. There's a lot of things where we constantly get turned down and shut down and it varies from state to state and things like that of that nature. But I think at the end of the day, it's also become something where I've just become so passionate about its effects that I'm also in this phase where I'm like, you know, I really don't care. Like it's, I know it's something that's going to be special and I know it's something that makes other people happy and helps them to feel better throughout their day. And I want this company to go to the moon, but at the end of the day too, I'm also happy if it reaches the same five people every single day and makes them happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting what you said about with your journey with anxiety and talking with therapists and coaches about, you know, your routines, because I, in a similar sense, had a journey where I needed to kind of look at my life again and 
there is such a nice thing about making a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. It is such like a beautiful process and like just drinking it. Like I think it's like a ritual. It is. A lot of people love it. You know, it's the start of your day. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's so cool that your product gives you that, but is not going to give you like all the jitters and the anxiety mm-hmm. and the craziness. Like I can even think about when I started drinking coffee in high school, but at the time, you know, I hadn't ex- been exposed to caffeine like that. And so I used to like walk around high school, like jittering. Like oh. It's, you know, it's kind of crazy how coffee can affect people in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's so cool that get super, you know, gives you what you want out of uh, having a morning coffee, but yeah, not with those crazy effects. That's the other thing too. Like I started drinking coffee with my dad because my dad, I mean, dad didn't know shit. Like he was like a single father. <laughs> He's like, here, eight years old, have a cup of coffee with me. Like it just did not yeah. compute. So I, I totally get it. And I think too, like the other thing is too, it's like sometimes we don't recognize like what's happening with our body. I feel like now again, it's become more mainstream to be so aware with, you know, how you're feeling internally and being able to, you know, recognize you know what's why am I feeling that way or being able to put you know an understanding to whatever feeling or emotion or trigger you're having and Mm -hmm. I think you know I'm, I'm super grateful that nowadays like again we have this kind of this this mental health like coming and rising to the top and people are talking about it more yeah but I also feel like too like again I mean maybe even back then when you were in high school there wasn't really a topic about it was just kind of like oh I've had too much caffeine or it's like you could freak out and have a panic attack or your mood could change or you could have a huge mood swing and it's like no one was really understanding where it was like stimulating from I guess yeah I feel like I think you've been going to therapy for quite some time right oh yeah basically on and off since I was six That's awesome. Yeah. And I've been going since I was 12, but I do like agree that in high school, even though like I was in therapy, I Mm -hmm. think there wasn't this extreme awareness that, you know, other things could be causing, you know, these um, bodily, you know, sensations that Mm -hmm. you were having. And so I think it's so great that, uh, you know, you're so open about your journey with anxiety because I think there's so many people like friends of ours around our age that, you know, never really looked into it. And now they're like, oh my gosh, like I really need to, like, how do I deal with this? And so going back to, you know, your time with your coaches and therapists and you looked at your days and your routines, besides coffee, what were some of the other things that you needed to shift in your life or you felt you shifted and it worked for you. Yeah. Um, a lot around my business, a lot around my work from home schedule. Yeah. So, you know, again, the pandemic created such an opportunity for everyone to reflect, right? And to like look inside. Totally. And for me, there was just such a there was just such a change of everything. I mean, we had an office in San Diego, we had clients, and then everything just kind of went, you know, we were on this like trajectory of scaling for the agency and then everything just kind of flatlined. Mm. And even like my life had kind of felt like it just kind of flatlined to the point where it was like, you know, I had to move home or I I mean, I moved, we moved out of the office, we went home, we yeah. were working remotely for two years. And that really kind of messed with my brain because I feel like I'm such an out and about and adventurous person. Yeah. So like, for example, like I was like going on like walks, like during my day, I'd have to like step away from my computer. I would have to, you know, like move my body, get a change of scenery, like 
all these different things. And then also too, things like alcohol were super triggering. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, I struggled a lot with my sleeping during that time. Like I wasn't able yeah. to sleep normally. And so I was basically like creating these like crazy morning practices and crazy evening practices because if I didn't have those, if I didn't have somewhat of the structure, it was like I felt like I was going to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. And again, like, and then I'm also like (laughs) walking through this new business and walking through my current business and walking through someone just told me that I have anxiety and depression. And like, it just felt like there was just so much being thrown on my plate. Yeah. So like, again, like my morning practice was huge. Like I started, and I still have this practice. um, I basically started blocking out from basically 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. as my own personal time, meaning that no one from my businesses can reach me. It's just known, like, that's my morning time. And then same thing, like, I try to not work after 5 p.m. every day or 4 p.m. And that's also something, too, where it's like I could come home, I can unwind, I can make a meal, I can relax. And even on my weekends, you know, I really dialed back, like, being busy or saying yes to things I didn't want to say yes to. I started stepping into my power when it came to like boundary setting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm, I've also walked through a ton of mindset coaching, but like I was a huge people pleaser and, you know, I wanted to have this best life, but I was also giving up all my energy to everyone else. Yeah. So there were, there were so many shifts and like a lot of awareness of like, oh my God, this is how I was living my life forever and it's all kind of crumbling and now it's like well what do I really want and how do I really want to live my life and how do I really want to feel yeah and so I kind of just had to backward engineer that and test out what worked for me and what didn't yeah and during that time when you're like shifting everything because I I know we're in a big period of shift right now we've been out of school for a year Mm. and I think a lot of people come to like our pages because we talk really openly about being really fucking confused about like what we're doing with our lives. I love it. (laughs) So that's why I came to you guys. I were like, these girls like, like, even though they think they have nothing figured out, they have everything figured out. (laughs) It's so kind. That's so kind. Because some days it's like, you know, we walked in today and I'm like, what? I'm so tired. What is happening? But, you know, that's just life. But I think hearing your journey about, you know, finding structures that work for you during that time when you're trying to figure out, like, what is going to work for me? How do you feel like you dealt with, like, being uncertain and not knowing how things were going to work out? I mean, yeah, I, there was like, I mean, I, again, I'll kind of give some trigger warning and get super intimate with you guys. Um, yeah. There were a lot of conversations that I had, you know, with people that were really close with me, like my boyfriend and my dad and my best friend. Yeah. About just not having like this will to kind of live. Like there were like points yeah. of like, what is this all for? Why am I right. doing this? Why am I working so hard? What is it? What's all the point if I'm just going to be diagnosed with something and feel like my hands are tied behind my back? Yeah. And so there was a lot of a lot of internal conflict too there and a lot of existential crisis. But, you know, I think, again, like kind of moving forward from that, it was more so I just I wanted I wanted to find a way where it was like I and again, maybe this is the entrepreneur ambitious side or whatever it is inside of me. Yeah. But I was like, I have two options. One option is I quit at life and I quit everything. Or option two is like, I try to figure this out and I try to test it. And like, 
make mistakes and just know that like this is the part of life that's worth living yeah and I had to kind of also come back to like I talk about this in business too like coming back to your why like we go through a lot of burnout you know you ever people go through burnout in their day-to-day careers they go through burnout you know being a mom a stay-at-home mom people go through burnout being an entrepreneur yeah and I think ultimately we have to come back and the thing that brings us out of it is coming back to why we're doing it and why we want to live and why we want what about this is exciting us and yeah that for me too was like okay you know do I want to continue with this agency do I want to continue with get super do I want to continue living my life and I was like yes but do I want things to change thousand percent yeah do I want to live my quote-unquote best life yes is that going to take me literally testing everything that feels good in my body and feels good in my like my day-to-day yeah and like there were points, you guys, where like I wasn't texting people back for like weeks. And there still are points where like I have like these very, you know, unique boundaries because I'm like, I need to test like what feels good for me right now. Or like I kind of need to block out everything out right now just to see like what I'm walking through in my day to day. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, figuring out routines that work for you. And if you're what if you're going through, a de- you know, a state of depression, it's like sometimes you have to move through that and you have to let everything else like just be yeah because you're trying to move through whatever feels best for you yeah I feel like that hopefully that answered your question I know I kind of went off on a tangent there no you did you did I think you spoke so much truth there I think it's it's just like so hard sometimes to feel like you have no idea where anything is going and I know like I think we've both had times where we've like sat in that and it's Mm -hmm. just been like really scary like even starting this podcast and and going through this it's like you don't know if it's gonna work out like you have no clue but Mm -hmm. I think the why is so important I think when I think about like our why I'm like mm-hmm. I gotta keep doing this and it and it does it keeps you going even when you're like you have to keep going in a very like small way yeah you know I like to preach to people like it's okay to keep going in a very small way like if mm-hmm. you can get up and do like the tiniest thing for yourself like that's okay like that's keeping you going you know absolutely yeah I, I absolutely I mean again I think the the unique thing about having a business right is like it's such your shadow like it brings out your best qualities mm-hmm. and it brings out your absolutely worst ones yeah and so for me so much of my journey has been being like having my businesses reflect back to me like who I truly am mm-hmm. and that was really interesting because like at one point I was like I was like I don't want to like I don't want to do this I don't I don't know if I want my agency anymore I think I just want to work on get super or I think I just want to start a blog like I just really was like in this point where I like just kind of felt so lost you know and like not sure what I wanted to do and at the end of the day I kept finding myself wanting to create and like Mm -hmm. I kept finding myself wanting to like work on something and I think that's just something in me personality wise but that small thing like I I allowed myself to create like I started writing I started writing like potentially what I think will hopefully be a book one day I started kind of yeah I started expanding myself into you know creating like a blog and I created like Lightroom presets like all during this time yeah and it was just these small things and granted I'm kind of thankful for the pandemic because it allowed me to explore so much of my creativity and what I wanted in my life yeah but I also kept finding myself like coming back to like wanting to do my business and like kind of wanting to like keep it going 
and like coming up with these ideas. So like when I, it's almost like when you slow down, you almost become more productive mm-hmm. because you're you're wiping away all the noise. You're getting out of the day to day. You're sitting with yourself. You're asking yourself what you truly want, and then it starts to come through. Yeah. And that for me too is like you know again it wasn't. And I'm not talking like I was doing these massive things. I was just doing these small little creative things. Like I was painting. I bought like a pa- like a piano to try to teach myself how to learn a piano. That did not happen. But like, <laughs> you know, like there, yeah. there were all these things. And I, I think that's, I think there's something to be said there where it's like, you know, when we move through anxiety, when we move through depression, it looks different for everyone. But also we have to allow ourselves that time and that stillness to process. Because if we don't, yeah. we're just we're just shoving it down and prolonging eventually what's going to come. Yeah. I yeah. love everything about what you said about like testing A with both like the creative stuff, but also just with like things in your life. And I think like yeah. that is something I, I try and do and I like is mm-hmm. very impressive for someone to do and be dedicated to because it can be exhausting and frustrating yeah. when like you continually test things and they don't necessarily work. No. Um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I really love that idea of like giving yourself the freedom to like, A, try something, see if you like it, but also like the allowance to like, I might not like it. I might think that like, mm-hmm. oh boy, the number of times that I've tried painting, I'm not a visual artist. It does yeah. not work for me. <laughs> yeah. But like to try it, see if it does and if it can give something to my life, mm-hmm. like that that has worth. Even if like I don't end up becoming like a great painter or anything, like yeah I at least learned something that doesn't work for me thousand percent yeah and I mean I think too like again like even going back to your conversations with your friends you know or you know the people that you have to show up for I thought was the other thing too is I started realizing how much energy I was letting I was just giving out for free Mm. you know of like my time and I'm not just talking like clients I'm talking like friends family yeah and my family is my biggest support but I will say there were a lot of boundaries drawn and a lot of really hard conversations of like, hey, I am going through something right now. And like as much as like I love you and want to be there like for you. And I'm ta- not talking like major shifts. I'm talking like, hey, can you like go shopping with me on Saturday? Yeah. You know, or like, hey, like, can you come do this with me? Like, I really need you to be there. And it's like these small kind of ass. I was like, you know what? Like, I love you so much. And, like, I'm going to be so present with you when I am present. But, like, at this time right now, like, I have to look out for, like, myself and my own energy. Yeah. And those were probably some of the toughest conversations because even now, like, my family knows, like, I don't do shit on Sundays. Like, I'm like, do not talk to me on a Sunday. Do not ask me to be somewhere on a Sunday. Like, I want my Sunday to literally be able to cook for myself and to lay in front of the TV and to be with my dogs and my boyfriend. And, like, that's it. And I'm super, super, like, (laughs) people are, like, probably think I'm, like, just so anal about it. But I am. And it's because that's that's the one day where it's, like, I get to set that boundary where no one gets – I don't have – it's for Whitney. It's my own – it's my own day to do whatever I want, to decompress, to get ready for my week, to set myself up for success. And I think, again, like, we have to learn how how these have these really – hard conversations yeah and I you know I just had one with my best friend the other day where I literally broke down to her and I was like I feel like I'm being such a bad friend to you but here's what's going on in my life and here's why I feel like I'm not showing up in the best capacity yeah and she was so incredible she held space for me and she's like 
I don't think that at all. She's like, but she's like, I hear you. And like, how can I support you? Because I also don't want to be that friend where I'm asking too much of you or we're on different pages or energetically, you know, your boundary looks a lot different than mine. So we both we both kind of had this awesome conversation and I was like terrified like the whole day I was like sweating bullets I was like calling my boyfriend I'm like (laughs) we're not gonna be friends anymore like I don't know what's gonna happen and again I think it's just I had to test that you know and I also had to test these friendships and relationships through fire because of what I was walking through and those that held up you know are these people that are just so, like I want them so much in my space I want to spend so much time with them because they have held held space and they have been supportive and they have allowed me to have these conversations with them yeah I it's like reminding me sort of we've been having conversations on the podcast a lot about friendships and how our friendships have changed so much in our first year po- post-grad like mm-hmm. just seeing how things shift from like being in an environment where school and friends and all of that is the responsibility and priority to now everyone is trying to like create different ventures and lives for themselves. We've all moved to different places. And so it's reminding me so much of that and that journey that we've both been on mm-hmm. because it is, it's so, it is so interesting to like go from, you know, your 20 years in school to now you're outside of school and you're trying to create a life for yourself. Can you kind of bring us back to the time when you first got out of college and what that was like for you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I mean, a lot of my marketing story starts right after college. So yeah. I had worked for Red Bull during college, and then I had also worked this awesome job for Aviator Nation. And um, then I graduated and moved back home, moved back home with dad, which was yeah. not ideal for me. Oh, I'm still, <laughs> I live at home too. Okay. And <laughs> if that is at the time, I had this expectation where I was like, this is not okay. It's so completely yeah. okay. And like, yeah. there's, I just think that whole stigma needs to change. But I moved back home and basically like didn't know what to do. Didn't really have a job for a little bit. Kind of was just like literally living off my dad. And I was like, you know what? I need to figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go to Thailand and have like a spiritual awakening. (laughs) Did not have a spiritual awakening in Thailand. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Learned how to meditate. Worked with some really, worked on an elephant sanctuary. It was amazing. It was Honestly, one of the it was one of the best trips of my life, but came back home and I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like I don't (laughs) have a plan still. So I um I went to my dad and my we have this family business that's been through four generations. And I was like, Dad, like I was like, you know, like I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to take over the family business. And he was like, hmm. He's like, there's no fucking way you're going to take over the family business. Like, love you, mean it, but like, no. like, yeah. And not in the sense of like, I, he wasn't he wasn't offering it to me. It was more so he, he looked at me and he's like, you've never failed. He's like, you've never started your own thing. He's like, you've never mm. had these learning lessons, whether or not it's in business or just in your life. He's like, and it would be literally setting you up for failure right now to not give you the opportunity to create something of your own before you step into something that's been handed down from generation to generation. And I'm so grateful for him and for saying that. But at, yeah. so after that, right, it was like, well, now I'm really screwed. Like now I like now dad just like completely annihilated like any plan 
B, C, Z that I even had. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, well, let's go find a job. So I started, I literally was a hostess at a rooftop cocktail bar. And this is how it all, this is so funny how God and universe and everything divinely guides you. Yeah. And I was bugging them because I had kind of grown a little bit of a social following in college. And I was bugging them like, why don't we put any of our craft cocktails on like Instagram? Like we have these like freaking insane dealer's choices. And like, this is back like, you know, craft cocktails were like kind of starting to get this really cool vibe, but there were no real craft cocktail bars or lounges in San Diego just yet. Mm. And... I, you know, I was always bugging them. I was like, take photos. Like, let's do social. Like, to do all this stuff. So anyway, so then I was, I would just bugged everybody. I was bugging upper management. I was bugging everybody. And they came back and they're like, hey, this restaurant's actually owned by a hospitality group. And they're looking for a director of um, basically marketing, but they want someone just to help them with social. And I had yeah. this Red Bull and Aviator Nation background. So I got the job. And from that, I was managing 15 properties. I was doing social. I was doing the very beginning of like influencers when it was like travel bloggers and like mommy bloggers. It was really cool. Like Marriott's like, why are we doing this? Why are we giving like they were like giving these people with these insane insights like a free room and they were like bitching about it. It was great. Um, And then (laughs) from there, I was basically was at the hospitality group for a little bit and got over it real quick and then basically I told my dad I was like okay I'm gonna like go freelance under Agus Marketing and I ended up bringing or the hospitality wanted me to continue managing five of the properties which were my first five clients and from there I moved into Agus Marketing but all of that to say is like I had zero plan after after you know college and I feel like I had learned so much and had such an awesome experience with Red Bull and Aviator Nation in my college. And like, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I was offered like a job from Red Bull. I was offered from a, a bigger position for Aviator. And like, I I just, I was like, I, I want to move home and I don't know what I want to do. And I don't, and I'm, and I was super lost, you know? Yeah. But I also feel like that's kind of the beauty of this transition for you guys or for anyone coming out of college, right? It's like you, everyone's going to tell you have the world as your oyster, but you don't really realize it until you look back and you're like, wait, I really can do whatever I want right now. And I really can be creative and I can test whatever jobs I want. And it's like, you know, test whatever, have 27 side hustles, do an internship, you know, take it, take a course, do something that really, really intrigues you. The, the funniest yeah. part of all this too is like when I first declared my major, my freshman year is I wanted to be a marine biologist. Like I yeah. was not, I was, did not think I was going to go into business. I did not think I was going to go into marketing or anything like that. So it just, wow. just test everything, say yes to everything one time and figure out what really lights you up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both um, got our degree in music theater. Oh my gosh, how cool. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We got our degrees in music theater. So I mean, in college, we spent four years like, you know, singing, acting, dancing. And I mean, obviously you learn so much in college besides what's in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been, I know personally for me, like it's been interesting to come out of college and like my whole life has always revolved around theater. And for the first time, like I'm looking outside of that. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I think 
everyone thinks they know what they're going to be, how they're going to end mm-hmm. up. And then you decide to take like a little bit of a pivot. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's so much else out there. And like you can really I think it's just I think all your life you think that you can only do like one thing. Yeah. And then once I think. Yeah. And then I think graduating and kind of sounds like in your from your story, it's like there are a bunch of different avenues that you can take. Thousand percent. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think you I, that's that's the other thing, too. It's like some people and I'm going to say something. It's kind of controversial. I don't think we go to college to learn a specific trade or craft. I think we go to college yeah. to basically learn adult skills and learn how to manage our time, learn how to make friends, learn how to expand ourselves on our own. I think Mm -hmm. that the time after college is when we really start to experiment with what we want to do for our career or for setting up our lives in a certain way. And yes, does college help with that? Sure. Does a degree help with things like that? Yes and no. And I think the jury's still out on certain things like that. But like, I also feel like, you know, we we get to explore and be creative during this time in our lives. And it's very frightening because it kind of feels like someone's like pushing you off a cliff and telling you to learn how to fly. But that's yeah. also where we're kind of tested with this fire where we do learn what we want. We do learn, you know, what excites us. Um, and again, easier said than done because I'm out of that stage. But I wish also too someone kind of held my hand through that stage a little bit and was like, you got this. And what you're walking through, this lost feeling, is actually you just figuring it out. It's not that you're lost at all. It's that you're figuring this out for yourself. And it feels terrifying because again, like we've gone through school. We've gone through someone literally coaching us from when we were little, like since we were, you know, infants of how to live our life what's expected of us what is due from us that when we go and we leave college it's it's like mental overload because you have either a so many opportunities or b you don't know what step is the right step to take first so exactly it's it's a lot yeah and so if you think about like your 22 year old self starting your marketing agency to like right now what has evolved for you like how were you at 22 with it and to now yeah um so many things. <laughs> I mean, I was I, I was <laughs> I was so young and I think and I say that and now I'm like 28 and I know that's not a huge time gap, but it feels like I was so young because I was so early in my experience um mm. that I think a lot of my being naive and going out on my own was kind of what cut my teeth and really gave me a lot of experience right out of the gate. Um, you know, that with learning how to handle clients, learning how to handle expectations, learning how to make sure, you know, you're building a relationship with people, how to hire, like all these things I was so new to. Yeah. And I had no idea. And had I had any idea, I don't know if I would have jumped into it. So this, there was like this (laughs) naive situation where it like kind of threw me into it. And I was able to do a lot of things differently because I just didn't really know what I was doing. And I was just trying to earn a buck. Um, yeah. And even looking like looking at where I'm at now, there's a lot that I'm being faced with. Like we are scaling. I'm looking at my whole team going full time, which is a lot of responsibility and expectation on my end. 
We're mm-hmm. looking at a possible recession. We're looking at all of these things that I have to take into account that I've never been before. But I think ultimately the difference between being 22 and 28 now is that I look at these things and I'm like, I can get fucking through this. Like I will Mm. figure it out. And I have such a more developed, I don't know if it's confidence or just trust inside of myself because when I started at 22, again, I didn't really know what I was capable of. I didn't really know what I was made of at that point. So I didn't really have a lot of trust for myself. I didn't really have a lot of confidence. I think I had a lot more fear and I had a lot of ambition that was driven from a fear of failing. And now it's Mm. more so failure is like, I'm like, this is, that's all part of the game. Like I'm going to fail every single day. I'm going to completely fuck up every single day, but I know that I'll never do it again. And I know that that's also something that's going to help build and drive me as, you know, a boss or a leader or anything like that. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is that I've, I've, I have so much more trust in myself and I know what I'm capable of. And that again, just comes with time and with learning who you are. Yeah. Yeah. The fear of failure is, is just, it's real. (laughs) Oh gosh, it really is. I feel like every day, you know, we look at ourselves and we're just like, you know, what is going to get us to tomorrow? Like, Mm -hmm. how are we going to direct our lives? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's so nice to hear like you and your journey and that you can like look back on this because there's even like things that I look back at in like high school. Like I took a gap year before going to college and it came on me through like a sort of failure experience. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was such a blessing in disguise and it taught me this and that and whatever. But I think, I think it's hard in the moment to, to know that you're going to be able to get through it. And you know, totally, again, totally easier said than done. Right. Like I, yeah, like I was like, literally calling my best friend and my I hired my best friend like I hired her to come in and do business development with me because I literally had no idea what I was doing and she had Mm -hmm. basically grown a team from ground zero to 150 employees for her escrow company she never went to college so she had like way more experience in the game than I did um and my dad I mean same thing I was like calling him every single day and I'm like is it supposed to be this hard like am I supposed to be this terrified and, you know, there was also a point, too, where they both, like, sat me down. They're like, is this for you? Like, is this really for you? Because this is, mm-hmm. like, you are so ter- – like, you're terrified and you're scared and you're stressed out and you feel, you know, like you're you're trying to figure all this out. And I was like, yeah. I was like, but, like, the fuck you think I'm going to give up? Like, I'm not going to give up. <laughs> like, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And I, I, that was just – you know, that was who I am as a person. And there's, again, there's no, I don't think there's any shame in failing, especially if companies fail. I think companies fail all the time. And I think if anything, it teaches you, again, so much about what you are capable of and what you can do. And if something Mm -hmm. fails in business, it's not really a failure. It's a learning lesson because you're going to take that and run with it and build something new. Right, right. I think always it's like experience is learning is kind Mm -hmm. of what I I've learned about life is that like even though things can be tough and like you can go through a lot like you will always get something from it that will help lead you to the next point absolutely um do you have any advice because you're a boss and a leader in the um businesses that you have what is your advice for people that you know are looking to maybe want to start a business or be in a leadership position yeah um 
I would say go for it. And the biggest mm-hmm. thing is to never give up. I think that as leaders, you know, like let's just talk about like, let's say like personal brands, like say you want to be a coach yeah. or you want to help people or you want to empower people. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you want to start a product or you want to start a brand or you want to start a service-based something. You There's there's something and they could talk about grit in business, right? They talk about grit and starting out. And I think the biggest thing about grit is not that you're going to be asked to do everything and you're going to be asked to, you know, really put yourself through like building this this thing, right? I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing is that you don't give up. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. Because the moment that everything starts to seem pointless is when you go through your next breakthrough or when something catches. And mm-hmm. I think again like when we look at when we look at some of the best, like some of the people that are like the biggest people today, like whether it's like a leader or a podcast or a business or a brand they've been doing it for so long and they never budged they never stopped they kept showing up even through burnout even through you know a pandemic or anything like that like they kept moving forward and I love the idea that like I think it was I don't know who said it but I love the idea where it's like you know an overnight success is really not an overnight success it's just that finally something clicked finally people started Mm. talking about it finally it became viral yeah. And I I love that because I think that it's so true, especially in entrepreneurship or if you're building your personal brand, don't stop. Even if you're just talking to two people and it's your mom and your dad, don't stop. Because eventually, like, you're going to continue. You're going to grow this thing. You're going to build it. People are going, it's going to catch on, but you have to be patient and you can never give up. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest thing too. And again, I've, I've seen this. I mean, I looked at, you know, the first three years of Eckes marketing were the toughest, toughest years ever. And we weren't able to start scaling until 2021. And the reason why they were so tough is because number one, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was in, I didn't really learn how to niche down or find my industry. The pandemic offered me the opportunity to go work with direct to consumer brands and CBG brands, which completely changed my revenue. I was able to, you know, buckle down and learn how to hire the right people, but I wouldn't have gotten through all of that. And it's been five years. And like, I feel like five years is a damn long time to be at, to be at this point. But I have to remind myself, like I had to learn and walk through all of that. And had I given up in 2020, I guess would not have been the place to be able to provide for myself, to be able to provide, you know, the financials so that I could support kids super or provide for any of the funds or any of the careers that these women have inside the agency. Had I chosen to give up? Yeah, it's reminding me a lot. I listened to an episode of the Skinny Confidential. Um, I just love, I mean, who doesn't love her? Who does? does (laughs) Um, But her, whenever I think about like our podcast and like on the days where I'm like, oh, this is really fucking hard. Like I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Mm -hmm. I always think of her and how she openly talks about um, like being a bartender for six years and growing her like business through the yeah. day and just like thinking like this person like sure you could like find her today and think it's an overnight success success but she really is open mm-hmm. about being honest and being like I worked on this like for so many years yeah um and I think patience is just I mean I'm oh, I'm the first to admit I'm like I am suck at being patient sometimes yeah. um but I agree I think that's such a 
wonderful and inspiring like message to put out there is just to never give up. Yeah, never give up and don't, I mean, comparison mindset. I know we all talk about it, but it is a killer. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm right next to LA. The biggest thing I'm going through right now is I see all these incredible CPG brands that just get pumped up with investor money, run them for a couple years and then sell out. And mm. it's super hard. It's super hard. To be in this space with, you know, a CBD brand and also being like, you know, I don't know if I want to take on investors, you know, am I, am I going to try to run in this rat race where I'm going to pump and dump this thing after five years? I don't know. And it, it, that's part, that part's hard too. You know, if you're again, a leader, you have a podcast or you are a content creator and you're, we're constantly so exposed to what everyone else is doing that it really beats up on us. And again, yeah, it's like hundred percent. Yeah. And it's 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 again that thing where it's like I I have to mute things. I have to not listen to business podcasts sometimes. I have to come back to my why and then ask myself, like, is this where we want to be right now? And if we don't want to be here, how do we change this and how do we move through it? Because ultimately it is so hard for us to not compare ourselves to other people's stories or like you said, the overnight success and things like that. Yeah. And things do take time. Like no one really is an overnight success. People, you know, have been formulating products and then will open a new LLC once they have the perfect product and they taste tested it or tested it for the last 10 years. Like, yeah, things like that happen. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think, oh gosh, in the world where like, you know, I mean, social media, it's a beautiful thing in that like we were two people without really much of big of a platform and and TikTok has allowed us to be open to opportunities and that we never thought we now. could be open to. I mean, yeah. It's insane. It's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And then there's days where it's like you're looking at other people and you're like, oh, this, this and that. But I agree, like you know as much again I know it's always easier said than done but it's sometimes like you putting on your blinders mm-hmm. muting I love a good mute button moment <laughs> you people have to do so little for me to mute them on social media they don't even have to annoy me they just have to do one thing that I'm like nah and yeah. I mute you I show yeah. people my mute list and it's pages I love that <laughs> I love that though because it's like again that's your boundary you're like I don't need that energy I don't need this in my in my feed yeah, you got to protect your peace. That's always what I say to Hell people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so my last question for you, something we ask everybody, mm-hmm. is can you give us a recent moment where you felt clueless? Honestly, you want me to be super honest with you right now? A hundred percent. I am going through, I'm, I'm, we're jumping through a whole new order and phase for Get Super right now. And this yeah. guy asked me to put together a PO and I have no fucking clue how to do this. And <laughs> I, I'm completely clueless. And I'm like, everything's riding on me submitting this PO and like trying to like nail down like the dimensions and the gram weights and like all this like crazy shit that normally my boyfriend does. But I'm like, I'm telling myself I'm going to learn it. So I'm trying to do it yeah. myself. And I'm I'm completely fucking clueless right now. And I know that's like such a simple, dumb thing to mention, but that's like top of mind for me right now. It's like, how do I submit an order form for Get Super that's going to make sure it's like the most perfect thing ever? And I have no idea. I'll learn. I'll figure it out. I know I will, even if our manufacturer hates me and I have to ask a million questions. <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, I have this brand. I and I'm I'm struggling with an order form. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like the littlest things are the, I, I feel like there's always little things that may, people might think it's silly, but I'm like, it's, it's okay to be clueless about it. it We're is. trying to figure out forming an LLC and Ugh. it's been a journny. Not fun. Been a journey. It's a journey. A journey, a journey. L- legal Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's my gosh. Best. I like l- look up things on TikTok and I'm like, how to do this? Or uh-huh. like, it's just so funny how our world has come. But yeah, legal, legal stuff. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We've had so much fun. This was such a great conversation. Thank you guys so much for having me on and letting me share my story. And I, I appreciate yes. you guys. I think you guys are killing it. And I'm so thank excited. You. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm. Okay, well, that was our interview with Whitney. We hope y'all liked it. Such a great interview. I said this to Audrey as soon as we got off the interview. It's just so nice to look at somebody who's 28 years old. You know, we're 23 and 24. And to see all the incredible things that she's done and to know, like, okay, even though we're feeling a little, like, lost and unstable and whatever. And, like, she felt that way, too. Yeah. Like, it's going to get better. Right. We're going to come out the other side. That's how life is. I just loved all all her wisdom. She had such incredible things to say. And I feel like I was like in like a mindset coaching session. I love it. I hope you guys enjoyed it because she just gave such great advice, such great outlook on life. And that's what we want to do here. Give everybody great outlooks on life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, guys, we are so loopy at this point. Thank you guys so, so much again for listening to today's episode. You can find us at Completely Fucking Clueless on Instagram. And at Completely FCK ING Clueless on TikTok. Also, please don't forget to rate, subscribe. I was going to say review. I was going to say comment, follow. but review, follow. Yeah, comment too. Comment. Do all the things. <laughs> it helps the podcast so much and makes us smile very, very big. Hee hee. Hee hee. So thank you guys again for listening and don't forget to have, nope, I was going to say, I was going to say, and don't forget to have a be clueless (laughs) and don't forget to have a be clueless. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Have a great week and don't forget to be fucking clueless and have a be clueless. That's what I was going to say before, but we'll be edited out.